0: This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Today on episode number 641, Netflix has 130 million users worldwide. They do billions of dollars in revenue. And today, we've got 11 lessons that we can learn from that company to help us grow our podcast. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame podcaster, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. This is where I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology, face your fears, and flatten the learning curve. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. When you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription, that'll knock off 20%. It's my way of saying thank you for listening. And today, we're going to talk about what I learned from Netflix. You're like, what? Yep. If you think about it, Netflix is a an interesting website. Most people, if you look to the person to the right or left of you and go, do you have a Netflix account? They're probably going to say yes. And so I've noticed a couple things over there, and we're going to talk about those and see how they apply to podcasting. Everybody always approaches me and they say, how can I grow my audience? And one of the strategies that you can use is being featured as an interview on other podcasts. I have a lot of people say, Dave, I'm trying to do this show. I started it, but I'm running out of quality guests. I don't know. Where can I find them? Well, an easy way to solve both these issues is to go to podcastguest.com podcastguests.com. It helps you find guests for your podcast. And by the way, that's for free. And then they will feature your podcast to it's over 6,500 users to find qualified guests that meet your requirements. So whether you're looking to be featured or if you're looking for guests, this is the place to do it. You can also find 200 expert guests anytime in their directory. You can simply go over to podcastguests.com slash directory it's super easy. It's super valuable. Think of how much time you're going to save and think about how much money you're going to save. There are other services out there and they will charge you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars to use their service. That is not the case with podcastguest.com. Check it out. Podcastguest.com SOP. Thank you so much for sponsoring the School of Podcasting. As you listen to this, I'm in Australia right now at We Are Podcast 2018. And you're like, but Dave, how are you doing this, you time traveler? I recorded this on October 14th, and I scheduled it in Libsyn. You can also do this if you're using Blueberry or Spreaker ahead of time. And when the time comes, whatever time you set, it basically puts it into your feed, and then it gets syndicated to all your listeners. So if you ever need to go on vacation or, hey, travel to Australia to speak, you don't have to miss an episode. And so I have been binging a lot lately on Netflix. And uh, here's some fun-filled stats on Netflix. They have a uh, 130 million worldwide users. 4.2 million of those are still shipping DVDs. Because if you think about it, When Netflix first started, they solved a problem, which was going to Blockbuster, hoping the movie was going to be in. Then you had to, of course, be kind and rewind. Otherwise, they would charge you for that. And then you had to return it. And if you didn't return on time, there was a late fee. Now you choose your favorite movies and they will ship them to you. And whenever you watch it, you watch it. And you then ship it back. And now I figured it out. I used to do the DVD thing and I would watch it the minute I got it and I would ship it back the minute I was done with it. And I could watch probably four or five movies a month. It was actually pretty cool. Now, later they added some more, which of course was just streaming, which is what most of us do. But the licensing deals to get all these movies and stuff. Have you noticed that like the movies now on Netflix, it looks like the 99 cent bin at Walmart. And that's because a lot of the licensing deals got more expensive. And in some cases, companies like Disney just pulled it. Why? Because they're going to start their own streaming service. The other thing I think the reason these got so expensive is because people weren't buying DVDs anymore, much like people don't buy music anymore. Why would I when I can go to Spotify? Why would I buy a DVD when I can rent it anytime on Netflix? So that's kind of, keep in mind, they solved a problem when they started their service, you know, and you had all these things of, like, you had all these movies, and you can't carry all the movies because, well, you, you would triple the size of Blockbuster, and so they solved that problem. Now, they've changed over the years. They uh, they have been projected to pay $7 billion for content this year they did 11 billion in revenue in 2017 so that smells at least like 4 billion in profit 23% of users um at least in uh in the US adults they say stream daily that is not me me every other other day maybe but not daily uh, 70% of users binge watch shows and we're going to talk about that in a second and they say that a typical user avoids 160 hours of ads per year. That is 6.7 days. And the one thing I want to point out about Netflix is I am watching right now Orange is the New Black. It's, it's a comedy about women's prison, kind of. It's, it's got great acting in it. But I noticed, I'm not sure when this came out. But when you now watch on Netflix, they give you an option to skip the intro. And I looked, it was a minute and 17 seconds. And so, okay, well, what does that teach us? That teaches us that, and I've said this before, get to the content. People don't care about your French toast or the cat puked on the rug. Get to the content. That is my proof. If somebody says, why do you think this? I would say this is why. And I realize when I look at my stats in, in, in Podcast Connect and I look at my Apple stats, I don't get nervous when I see people skip the first minute of my show because that's my regular listeners going, yeah, I've heard this before. I know. Tackle the technology, blah, blah, blah. They skip that. That's fine because then I see my, consum- my consumption stats stay straight for the rest of it. But we learn from Netflix. Get to the point. Then I noticed something else. Now, this is I don't know when they started doing this, but when it gets to the end of the episode, they now have a go to the next episode. It used to be it was like the next episode is starting in whatever seconds. Now they have a hey, do you want to skip this? Now, this is why I think most people don't care how the sausage is made. And so many times I hear podcasters go, hey, I want to talk about the show today because so-and-so was using a microphone and the wind. And because of the velocity of the kilobytes of the thing and the audience is going, I don't care. Just can you just play the interview? And so when I say I don't think your audience cares how the sausage is made, if somebody goes, why do you think that? I go, well, number one. I'm a podcast listener, and I know every time somebody gets into that, I just want the content. But now I can say, well, look at Netflix. They're giving you the ability to skip how the sausage is made. Now, there are those people. There are those people that want to see who was the cinematographer and what was that song they played during the one scene. And those people still can watch the credits. But I don't know about you. I'm a big fan of, hey, get to the next episode. Now, this means one of two things. Either I'm like most Americans or B, I am highly impatient, which I don't think is the case. I'm just usually, they've done a great cliffhanger. Key point, have you ever noticed that? In episodes, it's like, ooh, what's going to happen in the next episode? So that's why they want you to then go to the next episode. So it's great content that makes you want the next episode so quickly something else that is making Netflix. Well, Netflix is they are embracing creativity. They are embracing not being another superhero sequel. I'm sorry. I know I just, all the Marvel universe, the DC people, I'm sorry, but I've seen most of the superhero movies and (laughs) spoiler alert. The good guys usually win. Usually there is that one movie where you're like, Oh my God, everybody died. But anyway, they are doing things that aren't your typical stuff. And that is enticing to people. I was listening to a great podcast called it's now called making Obama. Originally it was called making Oprah. I talked about this a little bit on ask the podcast coach but the reason they hired Oprah is because she wasn't Phil Donahue. Phil Donahue, for those for those of you people, gather around, young people. Back in the day, there were four channels, and Phil Donahue was this guy out of Chicago with white hair. Is the color there? And um, he was just beating everyone in the ratings. And so instead of going out and trying to find another eh, somewhat middle aged guy. White dude, they went out and found Oprah, who was not middle aged. Uh, she was not white. She was also she didn't look a, like a model. She was kind of overweight. In fact, she said in her her meeting where they offered the job, she said, "Well, I just wanted you to let you know that um I am black." And they went, "Yeah, we kind of figured that out." And they, she said, "When well, also I don't know if you've noticed, I'm I'm I have an issue with some of my weight sometimes." And they went, "Yep, so do I." And the rest, of course, is history. And a little bit like Oprah, both Netflix and Oprah have changed their format over the years. And that is just something that's going to happen, I think, for a number of reasons. Number one, nothing stays the same. OK, there are a couple taxes, death and the baseline of an ACDC song. Those never change. But most everything else does. Hence, they went from a DVD shipping company to a streaming service to where now they're like, okay, we're going to have to make our own stuff because if we are reliant on someone else to give us the content, they can jack up the price and there's nothing we can do. And when I hear people like Ashton Kutcher and Martin Scorsese and Adam Sandler and all these other people that are credible content producers who in some cases don't have a place to put out their content. Adam Sandler movies were not doing well in the theater, but that guy got paid to put his stuff out on Netflix because people will still watch it on Netflix. So they changed their format. They changed their strategy. Now, Dave, how does this, what does this have to do with podcasting? The beauty of podcasting is you are in control. I have people all the time. They're like, Hey um I started off my show it was called this and I don't know I'm thinking we should have called it that Can I can I change the name of my show or can I update my artwork or can I and the answer is 99% of the time yeah you can change that So and realize that you're probably going to anyway because there are two things that are going to change number 1 you are probably going to change over the years, and your audience may change over the years. So I say it all the time, you're not a statue, you're a recipe, and you can change that any way you want, and that's what Netflix has done over the years. What music was that? I feel like I'm in an episode of Fuller House. But here's the thing that you want to also watch. I signed up for Netflix because I wanted to watch movies that had basically just left the cinema. Like they'd been out of the cinema, you know, the movie theaters, the cinema. They've been out of the cinema for a couple months and basically coming to DVD. And in some cases they were on DVD, but basically new old movies is what I wanted to watch. Well, they're not serving that customer anymore. And for the record, neither is Amazon, neither is Hulu. I have them all. And I finally got to see Black Panther. But the new movies, the new old movies are creeping onto these services. Now I can go to Amazon and pay six or seven bucks to which I'm going to go, look, if I'm going to pay that much, I'll just go to the theater. So what's going to be interesting to see, because right now, the only way in the U.S., If you still want to get a movie for 2 bucks, there's a service called Redbox. And it's this basically what looks like an ATM machine that spits out DVDs. And we're back to Blockbuster. It's cheap. You can go in, rent a movie, and you have to return it on a certain date. Otherwise, you have to pay a late fee. Now, they've gone. They are also into the online streaming service. But again, it's like $7 a movie. So it's going to be interesting to see. Because there are still, according to what I was looking at, 4.2 million people that want to watch movies on DVDs. And for the record, I don't want to watch a movie on DVD. I want to stream it, but I want to stream it for you know, two bucks or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see if somebody's going to pick up that ball. and that's one of the things you can do in your podcast. is I mentioned this a couple episodes ago. Pat Flynn talked about you can look at the people that are making, you know, a killing in your genre. You can look at the places where your audience hangs out and you can look at the products that are in your genre. Well, if I look at that now, if I'm a, uh, you know, movie place, nobody's serving the person that wants a cheap $3 movie and I want it now. I don't want, I want, you know, who's going to replace the Netflix thing. So constantly be looking at your industry and at your genre to see if somebody's going to fill that void. Because right now, that's what I'm watching. Because the minute somebody comes out with that, I'm jumping on it. Now, Movie Pass came out and they thought they had solved it. They wanted you paid $10 a month and you could go to the movies for as many times as you want. Well, the problem was that business plan bled like money, like nobody's misses, like rivers of blood to where they finally kind of I don't think it's officially closed down but they've changed the pricing numerous, numerous times and basically they have cheesed off their audience so much that uh, most of them are not going back I know I'm not so keep an eye on your industry to see if there's a, a hole if there's a void that you can fill because there's probably part of your audience that wants that Now, it's hard to tell if this one is true or not, because, well, who wants to bite the hands that feed? But when I hear people like Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, Jerry Seinfeld, Ashton Kutcher, and all these other people that are creating content for Netflix, all the comedians, apparently, if you have a pulse and can breathe and you at one point were a comedian, they will give you millions of dollars to do stand up on Netflix. But everybody I hear says how great it is to work with Netflix because they find people that have talent and let them do what they do. And so basically what a podcaster can learn from this is find the right people, find the right guests, and let them do what they do and don't be a jerk. I guess that's the biggest thing. Don't be a jerk because it sounds like at least, and again, it's hard to tell because if a company just gave you a couple million dollars, are you going to go on a TV show and go, these guys are the worst? But I've never heard even a hint of that, even in any kind of gossip magazines. That's not the case. That's right. It's been 20 minutes since we started the show. And if you look outside, it's kind of the same kind of weather. It was as it was 20 minutes ago. The other thing that Netflix does, if you think about it is they create content that their audience wants to consume. Now, how do they know what I want to consume because they watch what I consume. I remember once I, um, can't remember why. <laughs> uh, but I there was a, a really bad Madonna movie called Desperately Seeking Susan. And many moons ago, can we take a tangent? Many moons ago, on a dare, I climbed the uh whatever you would call it, the sign at the mall where they had, you know, the they had, you know, here's in theater one theater. This is before there were like 18 theaters in the mall. There was like four. And a friend of mine said, I dare you to get up there and change the sign. So I changed uh, Desperately Seeking Susan to Desperately Sucking Susan. And we then ran away because we were convinced that the FBI was onto us at the time. But for whatever reason, I uh, watched that movie or started to watch that movie. And then Netflix thought I wanted to see more things with Madonna in it, which I do not. So hence my proof that they're watching what I'm watching. So what you can do is, A, look for how many comments are on a post. People do occasionally still comment on a post. Look if anybody mentions it or shares it on Twitter. Look for Any kind of, well, obviously look at your download numbers. Do I have to actually tell you to do that? Because most people do that on an hourly basis. It's like the weather. Weather! So downloads is a way to check to see what seems to be the most popular. The other thing you could do, and I haven't done this in a while, and I will probably do this sometime either before the year is over or at the beginning of next year, and that is an audience survey. I haven't done a good old-fashioned audience survey in a while. And said things like, what do you like about the show? What do you dislike about the show? And just in general, take the temperature of my audience to make sure that they're happy with it. One of me, on young, join the Eagles. So as we start to wrap this up, let's look back on this. Number one, they started off by solving a problem. And you might want to look at that. Can my podcast solve a problem? Because when it did, it grew rapidly. They make it easy to get the content. And so they have that skip the intro button. Then they also skip how the sausage is made. Many of their episodes want you wanting more. There's some sort of tease for the next episode so that you say, go ahead, go to the next episode. That's a great thing to do that we, I know I should do more. They aren't doing the typical thing and they're being creative. They change their format to fit their audience and their business plan. They seem easy to be worked with. They aren't jerks, which is attracting talented people. They create content. Their audience wants to consume and they do that based on watching what people are watching and something else I want to mention here. A couple of them. Number one, You can get Netflix anywhere. On an Android, on an Apple, on an iPad, on an iPhone, on a computer, you can get Netflix anywhere. So when I am contacted by one of my consulting clients, they go, I'm trying to grow my audience, and I go over to their website, and the only place you can get them is on Apple Podcasts. I'm like, oh, you're missing something here. Your show should be available everywhere. The other thing we should probably learn from them, Don't hire pedophiles or alleged rapists. That is a good strategy. And then the other thing we should keep in mind here, it doesn't always work. I mean, we've seen shows and it's kind of weird. You think, wait, shouldn't everything they put out be great? Well, no, because they're not that good. But my point is there are shows over there that for whatever reason did not work. And so there may be times when you've got the, you know, I bought the right, uh, microphone and, and I did this and I named that and I stuffed this and did that and got my artwork from so and so. And I did that. And I know I'm just as good as those people. And it just, it's not doing what you want it to do. That could happen. Podcasting. Yes, it's educational. It can be inspirational but I think on the bottom line, it still also needs to be entertaining and keep one really good point in mind here. They still put out the content. There was only one way to know if that show was going to resonate with their audience and they spent the money. They hired the actors. They did the test pilot. They did whatever they did behind the scenes. And then for whatever reason, it didn't work. And that takes courage. And that's why I salute anybody who puts out one episode because you're saying, look, I'm willing to put this out and know that it may not work. I think it's going to work, but maybe it won't. And that's really where I want to help you. I want to help you get your focus group so you, you have the right content. And I want to help you buy the right equipment without breaking the bank. I want to make you sound great. I want to make you sound professional. And I want your content to engage your audience. And so your audience can grow as fast as Netflix did. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to start a podcast, simply go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. If you want to work with me on a mentoring type of situation, schoolofpodcasting.com slash work with me. In the future, I've got Kathy Heller coming up. And she is a great example of exactly what we're talking about here, finding out what your audience needs and giving it to them. Now, she comes from the music industry, but she's also a podcaster. Great interview. I can't wait to share that one with you. And then I've already talked with Glenn the Geek, and I have some other people I'm going to be talking about, and we're going to do an episode, a mega episode, on Should You Start Your Own Podcast Network. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe and never miss an episode. Thanks so much again. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. They cancel shows. Now, in some cases, because they hired a pedophile, but in other cases, they 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 cancel a show. I'm not laughing at pedophilia, by the way. Yeah. <laughs>